I'm talking to Barbara Johnson, who is running for New Mexico's Court of Appeals. Welcome to Women's Focus. Thank you, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about your legal background. Certainly. What you've been doing in the law. All right. I'll be happy to. Thank you for the question. I graduated from UNM Law School in 1988, passed the bar exam, and went to work uh, for the person that I had researched as being one of the best family law attorneys in New Mexico. Uh, I worked for her in the area that she practiced for about five years before I went into practice for myself. Um, that area was family law, which is a very broad area of practice. I think we're kind of the last bastion of general practitioners because we have to know about everything that's involved in people's lives, their relationships, their finances, their property, whether they need to file bankruptcy, whether there are other civil matters like torts involved, and oftentimes it also involves criminal matters, usually mostly domestic violence cases. So although I've been practicing family law now for 32 years, as I said, it's a very broad practice, and so I have very broad experience. Were you interested in family law because you wanted to work with people who were dealing with those issues, or was it because of the broadness of the area? Well, it was it was because I wanted to work in that specific area. I've been uh, everything from a nighttime word processor so I could be at home with a sick child and worked my way up to a paralegal for a senior trial lawyer here in Albuquerque. Uh, and in between was a legal secretary and a, and a paralegal and a legal assistant, everything you call those things except lawyers. And during that time when I was working under lawyers, I worked for a number who did family law and no disparage to any of those practitioners, but um, most lawyers say, God, give me a good, clean murder case, but please don't ever make me do a divorce. Uh, They're way too hard and way too emotional, and so often those cases would kind of get pushed to the back burner. And because they are uh, emotional and they are difficult, but probably most importantly, they involve children, which was one of my main interests in the law. I decided when I went to law school, I would practice family law. I see. And I read that your children are now in practicing law with you in your law firm. Well, my daughter, our youngest child, no longer young because we're kind of old. We just had our 50th wedding anniversary. Both of them are lawyers, but our daughter is right now a special education teacher and director at a charter school here in Albuquerque, so she has the same schedule as her three children. But my our son, our oldest child, is my associate and has been practicing with me for, ooh, gosh, almost 10 years now. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, and uh, it's it's wonderful to hear him come in the back door and say, I'm here, Mom. 
and it's great fun to practice with him. Sometimes a challenge um, because he's very independent, and he has been since he hit this earth, and he doesn't mind as well as my youngest, but he is an absolutely wonderful lawyer, and I love having him here. And then the other thing I read was that the lawyer that you practiced with right after you got out of law school was Betty Reed. That's correct. And, of of course, a well-known name among women lawyers. Right. And um, taught me very well. I I chose to work with her. I had to had to fight out the other people who were wanting to work with her, and she was a very independent person. She didn't uh, she didn't have associates. She was on her own, and uh, I had to spend a semester of internship with her, with no pay, I might add, to convince her to hire me. But to convince uh, her that she could work with someone else. Well. Specifically me, yes. Um, We were very much alike. We were both very independent, but she was a great mentor, and I owe a great deal to her. I think that must have been really interesting and fun. It was fascinating and great fun. Uh, She had a very dry but wonderful sense of humor Mm -hmm. and a great outlook on the world. We had the same work ethic. We both worked very hard, and uh, we're very meticulous. And those that do their homework well are usually best prepared and usually come out of the courtroom with something close to what they ask for. And I also read that you were head of the Women's Bar at one point. Yes, ma'am, I was. Betty was one of the founders of the Women's Bar Association. Yes. Um, And... I worked very hard to become a lawyer. I had to fight with my parents who would not pay for my tuition in college if I was going to study pre-law because good little southern women do not become lawyers and argue for a living. They can be nurses. They can be teachers. They can be housewives. And they are sent to college to find a rich man to marry. Well, none of those fit me, although my mother did make me take piano lessons from the time I was four and wanted me to be a piano teacher. So I was I was very proud when I finally was able to finish that bachelor's degree, which was required to even apply to law school. And we got married when we were very young. I was 18. He was 19. We had babies when we were 21 and 22. And so we both worked and raised our youngins and could only afford both tuition and time-wise for me to finish my bachelor's degree one semester at a time. But those 10 years went by anyway, and I finally did finish and could apply to law school. So, yeah, I was very, very proud to get in and pass that bar exam and get to go to work for my lifelong dream. What made you decide that you wanted to be a judge? Oh, goodness. That's kind of a long answer, but I'll see if I can shorten it a little bit. I've been down here in the trenches, as we call them, for 32 years. I know what it takes 
to prepare a case for a trial, a good trial. I can't even count the number of trials that I've had. I've uh, had to be involved in a couple of appeals, either because the other side was unsatisfied with the the results at the trial, or I felt like the trial judge did it wrong. And the law has been very good to me. I've been able to make a very good living. Divorce lawyers are not among the richest. Like I said, we're down here in the trenches with the everyday folks. But it's time to give something back. And I think I have the experience for the Court of Appeals. All family law cases go to the Court of Appeals first. And we've I don't think we've ever had a family law practitioner on the Court of Appeals. And this time we are blessed to have two of us running, not against each other, but against the appointed incumbents, me and Tom Montoya. And we have crossed swords, as he calls it, many times in our practices and know each other fairly well. So we are blessed to have both of us as a choice to be on the Court of Appeals. It seems as though family law, because it's so involved with people, and you're so involved with the kind of everyday things that are happening to people, it seems like it, it's a different kind of experience from the Court of Appeals, which is more, it seems to me to be more dry and more academic, I guess. It is more academic, without a doubt. And as one of my friends said, I cannot believe you're going to be able to give up your clients. You are way too close to your clients and enjoy working with them so much and helping them so much. This is going to be a very big change for you. And I said I had to agree. The Court of Appeals is reading briefs, researching, and writing opinions. You seldom have contact with a a client, a real litigant, unless there uh, is scheduled legal argument. And then you at least get to see them. They don't get to testify, but you get to hear the oral arguments of their attorneys. But I think after 32 years reading the trial transcripts, reading the briefs, I'll have a pretty good background of knowing what I'm really dealing with and can weed out the esoteric doesn't really matter arguments and get down to the nitty-gritty, which is what really matters to the litigants. What do you think about the court system in New Mexico? How do we stack up against the other states? Well, first, we don't have enough judges. Our family court judges particularly have more cases than any other kind of judge to handle. And they're some of the most volatile and difficult cases because, again, they've all everything in these uh, litigants' lives. So we as the judiciary, the last I checked the stats, only received about 2% of the state funds that are available. We are an equal branch of government, one of the three. We are a very important piece to people's lives. And on top of that, it's very difficult to campaign as a judge. 
because we are prohibited from giving our personal opinions on matters that might come before us. Mm-hmm. We can't prejudge a case. Uh, we can't make any promises or commitments. And if we did, the people would be voting for someone they should not be voting for because judges should not let those things influence themselves when they're making a decision. They should be following the law as it's written and applying that to the facts of the particular case that are in front of them. I think we have mm, fairly activist judges in New Mexico, and I'm a very conservative person when it comes to the law. I do not believe we should be creating it. That's the purview of the legislature. We are to enforce it, interpret it sometimes if necessary, if it's not clear in our law. But I think the conservative nature of our judiciary is not as strong as it should be right now. Okay, so... You want to shore up that area or that section? Yes, ma'am. That is exactly what I believe, uh, especially our appellate courts need. I mean, on the Court of Appeals, I believe we have one Republican, and that is the presiding judge of the Court of Appeals right now, and the rest are all appointees and or Democrats that have been, and I don't know your political position, uh, and it doesn't matter to me, because I would say the same to anyone that asked me that question, but um, I believe we need a conservative approach on our Court of Appeals, and I believe very firmly that it needs to speed up As a general rule, it takes a couple of years to get a case through the Court of Appeals. That's unacceptable. I know that they work hard. I'm sure they do, and they're all good people. But there's got to be something we can do to speed that up. We do have some expedited hearing rules. I've participated in a couple of those at the Court of Appeals, especially when they involve children's lives. We can sometimes convince the Court of Appeals to put it on an expedited docket, but people going through family law issues say the worst part of it is waiting for the result. They can't plan their lives financially. They can't plan their lives in any way until they get their final results. Um, And it's very difficult on people, and it's horrible for children. So we need to speed that one up make it happen faster. (laughs) You are running with some other judges as a group in the campaign. And tell me how that's working out and how the campaign's going in general. The campaign's going great. It's a different kind of period. Okay. Right. It is a kind of a different theory. I don't think it's ever been done in New Mexico before. We call ourselves a slate. I don't know where that word came from, but... um, We're just five Republicans who have pooled our time and the hiring of people to help us with advertising and printing yard signs and and the things that have to be done for a a campaign. We're all five different people 
And I think one of the strengths in that is that we often debate issues that are involved in a campaign or in being a judge. And because we have that group to talk about issues, to talk about way things should be done, what we each think, I think it makes us, makes us stronger candidates, better candidates. It doesn't mean that people could vote for all five of us at once by any means. We all are running individual campaigns because we're individuals, and that's how judges run. But it has been great fun. I have learned very much from the other candidates and I am honored to be part of their slate. You mentioned Betty Reed as influencing you. Are there other people in the law, other lawyers, that you've been influenced by especially? Oh, I'll start with professors, and then I'll give you my favorite judge speech. (laughs) My favorite professor in law school was Pamela Minster. Of course, she's deceased now, but she was my favorite because... During my first year in law school, it was, I was not getting a concept in property law. And I was up late at the law school and she came wandering through and said, what are you doing? It's time to go home. I don't, I'm not getting this. I got to figure this out. And she said, then somehow the professors in the law school have failed. And I will sit with you here until you get it. I will explain it again and again until you get it, because that's our job. And she did just that. She sat there for two hours until the light bulb finally went off on this very difficult concept they were trying to teach us or get us to pull out of all the cases we had to read. That's how it works in law school. They seldom just tell you the answer and here's how to get here. They make you read 20 cases and figure it out. But she was my favorite because she was so personable. And she was such a sweet, gentle person. So she influenced me a great deal. And I often say those words to my client when I'm trying to explain. This is how custody and visitation works. And what we're looking for is what's best for your youngin. Not what you want, not what the other side wants, what your child needs and will be best for them. And that sometimes takes a lot of explaining and working with people. And so I remind my clients of that continually. If you're not getting this, then you're either not ready or I'm not explaining it well enough. So let's start back at the beginning so you can get it and understand what's going to happen with your child. Another person who influenced me a great deal was Elizabeth Whitefield. She was one of my favorite opposing counsels when she was alive and before she went on the bench in the family court division here in Bernalillo County. She was one of my favorite opposing counsels because she always did her homework. And I could always trust what she said. If she relayed a fact to me, then I knew she had investigated it to the best of her ability and I could rely upon it. And those are kind of few and far between. 
because this is a very difficult area to practice in, and people are very volatile. But Elizabeth was always straight and narrow. Now, she was she was a good opponent, and that's what we always hope for. We hope someone on the other side knows what they're doing, and they're going to do their homework. And with all of us working together, hopefully we'll settle the case. But if not, we'll have a good, clean trial. And that means we'll probably get a good, clean decision. So she, she was, was the one that... instrumental in the women's bar also, wasn't she? She was. She was. She was instrumental in, in getting it together, she and Betty Reed. And I was there, in the, not in the very beginning, but as soon as I worked, started working with Betty, I had the pleasure of being on the board, and I served as president one year in the Women's Bar Association. It was very helpful to me in my practice because, like I said, I had to fight with my folks to even think about the idea of becoming a lawyer. I was raised in Louisiana in the 50s and 60s. It was a very racially tense and gender-biased period of time. In fact, do you want to know why I decided to be a lawyer? I can tell you that story. It's a fun one. Both of my parents worked. One day, I had to go to work with my dad. Don't ask me why, because it was very unusual, and I can't remember why. But he was in charge of me for the day. He was a maintenance man at a federal building. Housed in that federal building was a courthouse. And so when we got to the courthouse for him to start work, and he discovered what he had to do that day, he said, I've got to work in the boiler room. And you can't go there. It's dangerous. So I'm going to sit you in a courtroom, and I'm going to let you stay there. Don't say anything. Don't get up and down. Just sit there till I come back and get you. And so I had the honor of watching a trial for the very first time in my life. I was about 12. And i got to say, it was the first time I had ever seen people who were at each other's throats with a dispute, get all dressed up, go to a beautiful building, have a judge control the courtroom impeccably. Now I know it was impeccably. Um, The people listened to the judge. They got to tell their sides of the story. And when it was over, the judge ruled. The people shook hands and walked out. And that dispute was over. No one got hurt. No one's house got burned. No one got killed. I mean, it was phenomenal to me to watch. And when my dad came to pick me up, I said, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm going to be a lawyer and a judge. And he said, oh, And how, how old were you? Pardon? How old were you again? Twelve. Okay. Um, and he said, oh, honey, you can't do that. You're a girl. You can be a court reporter. You can be the judge's assistant. But you can't be a lawyer or a judge. There aren't any. Uh, and I said, well, I guess we'll see about that. <laughs> and And he and I argued about it until the day I got my license to practice. And then everybody in the little town close to where I grew up in the woods was told by my daddy, my daughter's a lawyer. 
She just got sworn in. She's a lawyer. And she's a girl. Uh, and I think both of my parents were very proud by the time that happened. But until then, they were very worried. So that was what made me decide to be a lawyer. That's a great story. <laughs> and I had some great arguments with my dad about it, too. Well, I'm glad you were able to prove that you were right. <laughs> me, too. It would have been a bad ending had I not been able to. (laughs) I had to say, you're right, Daddy, you win. That doesn't go down easy with me. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Sure. I hope it inspires anyone who has a dream to keep going. It might take you 20 years. You might have to argue with a lot of people about whether it's valid or not. But if you persevere... You just might be able to do it. I'm talking to Barbara Johnson, and she is running for Court of Appeals in New Mexico. Position one. Okay, good. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. It's always nice to talk to folks.